you take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to John chapter 21? John chapter 21. Begin reading in a few minutes with verse 15. Several years ago, IBM needed someone to help market and sell a new product. And so they hired a young man who was full of zeal and wanted to, you know, make a real big impression, you know, and, and get things, a lot of things done. And he came in and he went to work and he zealously worked. And he didn't always know exactly what he was doing. And it turned out the marketing promotion was a big flop. And the country company lost millions of dollars. The CEO called him in. And he walked into the CEO's office, his head hung down. And before the CEO could say anything, he said, I'll just clean out my desk and go quietly. Have you ever felt that way? You failed and you knew that you failed and you thought, you know, what's the use? It's just about, you know, this is, this is it, I'm done. You think Simon Peter ever felt that way? You know, Simon Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. He had been with Jesus from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus had healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Simon and Peter had seen Jesus do all the miracles that he did, and he saw more of the things Jesus did than most of the other disciples because he was sort of on the inner three that got to go with Jesus on on some of the things that the rest of them didn't. So he got to see Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. He got to see Jesus raise the little girl who had already died. He had been with Jesus all that time. He had pledged his allegiance to Jesus. But when Jesus was arrested, Peter and John went to the place where he was going to be tried. As they were going in the gate, a little servant girl said to Peter, I think you're with him. Peter said, I don't know the man. Once they got inside, warming himself around a fire, someone said, I believe you were with him because your accent betrays you as a Galilean. Simon Peter said, no, I don't know him. Again, someone said, I think I saw you with him. And Simon Peter cursed and said he didn't know him. And the rooster crowed. Simon Peter went out and wept bitterly. A couple of days later, there was some news. The tomb's empty. Peter and John ran to the tomb, and sure enough, it was empty. And then later that day, Jesus appeared right with the other disciples, right in the upper room where they had been gathered. And Jesus got to talk with them. Peter got to talk with him. You know, and it, you know, there were other appearances. And wow, things were happening so fast. So much had taken place. You know, it, it seemed as if you know, Peter was getting overwhelmed. So he said to the other disciples, I tell you what, let's go fishing. He knew about fishing. That had been his livelihood. That had been his job. So he and six other disciples went fishing. And they fished all night long and didn't catch a thing. You've ever fished much, you know how it is. Sometimes they just aren't biting. Well, about dawn, they looked up and there was a stranger on the shore. 
He said, children, you got any fish? And they said, no. And he said, throw your net on the other side. And they did. And so many fish got in it, they couldn't even bring it up into the boat. And about that time, John, Jesus' disciple, said, it's the Lord. And Simon Peter just jumped into the water and swam ashore. Others came pulling the net. And then when they couldn't get the net up, Simon Peter went back, helped them get the net in. Jesus said, bring some fish. He already had a few. He had a little charcoal fire with bread and fish on it. And they all ate breakfast together. And they were all so excited to see Jesus again. But Jesus had some work to do. And he had some work to do with Simon Peter. Let's see how it went. John chapter 21 begins with verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Now let's take a few moments about the interaction between Jesus and Simon Peter. First of all, Jesus began with a question. And if you stop and think about it, it seems like a, a kind of a strange question to ask at that point. You would think Jesus would say, well, can I trust you not to do that again? Can I still depend on you? Are you sorry for how you acted that night when you denied me? But that's not what Jesus asked. Jesus said, do you love me more than these? Now, that question, more than these, has raised a lot of speculation. What was Jesus talking about? Was he talking about the fishing boats? Was he talking about the other disciples? Was he talking about everybody else in the world? What was he talking about? You know, you could read different scholars and different scholars say different things. You know what I think? I think God left this part of his scripture ambiguous on purpose. Because we need to fill in the blank, don't we? Because Jesus comes to us and says, Do you love me more than these? The these being whatever you know tempts you not to really follow Jesus. Whatever is going on in your life, whatever you put ahead of Jesus, do you really love him more than those things? We have to answer the questions too sometimes. Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? But the exchange continued. Peter responded to Jesus. 
Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, what is not clear in the English, but is abundantly clear in the Greek, is that there's a difference in the way they use the word love. When Jesus said, Simon, do you love me? He used the word that meant a self-giving, self-sacrificing kind of love. And when Peter responded, he responded with a word that meant a friendship kind of love. Do you really love me, Peter? Yeah, I love you. Not quite the same level. So, again, the exchange took place. Simon, do you love me more than these? Again, that big word, the self-sacrificing, giving kind of love. And Peter said, yes, I love you with a friendship kind of love. Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And the third time Jesus said, Peter, do you love me with a friendship kind of love? And Peter was said, maybe we said because Jesus lowered the bar, because he knew he never was going to get to where he needed to be, not on his own strength. Maybe he was sad because this was the third time Jesus asked him that question. It brought back to his mind the three times he had denied Jesus. Was it easy for a rough old fisherman to be talking in front of a group of other men about love in the first place? And yet Jesus was doing that very thing with him and calling him to come back and follow him. If you'd been Jesus, what would you have done? If you'd been Jesus and Simon Peter had let you down like Simon Peter let Jesus down, what would you have done? Oh, we don't always have to answer the question just that way, do we? Because, see, we could answer it more personally. Because sometimes people let us down. And sometimes people fail us. And sometimes people hurt us. And we have to decide how we're going to treat them. Are we going to ignore them? Are we going to just smooth things over but not have much to do with them anymore? Are we really going to forgive them? The Bible reflects everyday life. We live in a world where these kind of things take place all of the time. How would we react if we were in Jesus' shoes? How would we react if we were in Simon Peter's shoes? Because you see, we've failed others. We've let others down. We have hurt others. Think about it. We have failed, let down, and hurt Jesus. We have. We, his followers, have done that. Simon Peter was Jesus' follower. He had walked with him and talked with him and ate with him and been with him for three years. And then he messed up and he failed. And many of us have been following Jesus for years and still sometimes we come to the place we let him down. We don't speak up when we should. We fall into doing something that we shouldn't. And we fail him. And we're kind of like Simon Peter. I guess Jesus is wondering and asking us, do you still love me? 
And sometimes we wonder ourselves. You know, Simon Peter was about to let Jesus down again, wasn't he? He'd gone back to fishing. Easy thing for him. The natural thing, the normal thing. And sometimes when we let Jesus down, sometimes when we fail, we say, I give up. I'm just going to go be back to being what I was. I can do that. And I don't have to keep on struggling trying to follow Jesus. And yet, Jesus came and sought to restore Simon Peter. That was his purpose. He wanted to give him another chance. He wanted to forgive him. He wanted to let him start over. And that's how Jesus does with us as well. He wants to work with us in the same way. So Jesus began to restore Simon Peter. And if you look at this scripture, you'll notice that every time that Simon Peter responded, Jesus gave him something to do. Look at the last part of verse 15. Jesus said, feed my lambs. The last part of 16, take care of my sheep. The last part of 17, do you uh, feed my sheep? You know, he just keeps saying, Simon Peter, I've still got work for you. You can still be a part of my purpose in the world. Isn't that neat? You know, Jesus could have said, Simon, you blew it. You're done. Get out of here. That's not the way it works with Jesus. He's willing to give us a second chance. He's willing to forgive us. He's willing to allow us to continue to work with Him and to serve with Him. You know, you know it's a privilege to serve. If you want to be on a ball team, and there are a lot of people you know, vying to get on that ball team, and then all of a sudden you get picked, man, it's a privilege. You know, you want to serve. You want to participate. Jesus comes and gives us the opportunity to continue to serve Him, to feed His little lambs, you know, to take care of the children, to help in the nursery, to work in Bible school, to, to work with new Christians and help them to grow and become a part of the church. He wants us to care for His sheep, you know, to care for one another, to help one another, to rejoice with one another, to weep with one another, to go out of our way to make sure that even those who stray has someone to get in touch with them and say, come on back, we miss you, we need you. He gives us that privilege, that opportunity. He calls us to a task. And that's what Jesus did with Simon Peter. And then at the last part of 19, Jesus said something else to him. Follow me. What did Jesus say to Simon Peter when he first called him to be a disciple? Same thing, wasn't it? Follow me. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Peter, you don't have to go back to be a fisher of a fish anymore or still. You could keep on being a fishers of men. You could keep on serving me, keep on following me. Now, why is it going to be easy? In fact, tradition tells us that Simon Peter was crucified because he was following Jesus. John seemed to know that when he wrote this. This was to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God, he said. But that's a pretty good test of our love, a good checklist to see if our following Jesus is genuine. A spoken affirmation 
Yes, Lord, I love you. One of the things, and I told you this before, but one of the things I have just been impressed with about this church, a lot of you pray, and when you pray, you say, I love you, Lord, or we love you, Lord. Spoken affirmation. We have to do that. Ministry to others. We minister to one another. We care for one another. We care for those in need wherever they are and following Jesus wherever he leads us. And that's probably the hardest one. Sometimes he leads us where we don't want to go. But it's for God's glory. And ultimately for our good, we get to keep on following Jesus. Sometimes we feel like Simon Peter. I'll just go back to the easy, natural way, doing what I know how to do. But Jesus won't let us. Jesus keeps calling us. Jesus wants to restore us. Jesus wants to keep moving us forward. And if you are a believer, if you have become his child, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how you failed, he's going to restore you if you'll let him. He's going to give you another chance. He's going to give you another opportunity. He's going to keep moving you forward. You can repent of your sin. You can be commissioned by Jesus to serve again. We don't have to stay down in the dumps, down on the bottom. Jesus lets us start again. He restores us. He keeps us moving forward. I've shared it with you before. I, I shared it with you last week. But listen to this verse again from Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus doesn't condemn us. He doesn't condemn us. He is willing to give us a brand new start. He's willing to give us a second chance and a third chance and more chances. He keeps working to restore us. He keeps working to bring us back up to where He wants us to be. He keeps working to help us to be involved in the work that He's doing in the world. Man, isn't that fantastic? Isn't that fantastic? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When the young man who had really blown it walked into the office of the CEO and said, I'll just clean out my desk and go leave quietly, the CEO said, why? And the young man said, because I, I failed. I thought you were going to fire me. And the CEO said, fire you? I've just spent $10 million on your mistake. That's $10 million worth of training. You think I'm going to fire somebody with that much education? Now, do you think that young man was more devoted to the company? Do you think he was more deliberate in what he was doing and how he did it? Do you think that he made the same mistake again? Maybe, but I doubt it. Well, he was given a second chance. And even though we've blown it, $10 million worth, Jesus gives us a second chance. Jesus isn't going to disqualify you. He's not going to fire you. 
He still wants you on His team. He wants the relationship between you and Him to be restored. He loves you and He doesn't want that relationship broken now or ever. But understand something. Understand when the restoration starts. Understand when the restoration starts. Think about it. The restoration didn't start the third time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? The restoration didn't start the second time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? The restoration didn't start the first time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? The restoration didn't start when they were sitting around eating breakfast. The restoration didn't start when Jesus had appeared to them before. The restoration didn't start when they found the empty tomb. When did the restoration start? The restoration started when Peter went out and wept bitterly because he had let Jesus down. And that's when the restoration starts. When we're sorry that we hurt the Lord who loves us so much He gave His life for us. The restoration starts when we're thinking to ourselves, I wish I hadn't done that. The restoration starts when we realize and admit we've really messed up. And then, then Jesus can start to work with us. That's the way it started to begin with. When we came to the place where we realized that we had sinned, that we'd fallen short of the glory of God, and Jesus came and said, I died on the cross for you. You could be forgiven. You could become my child for eternity. That's when our Christian life started. That's when it starts for all of us. When someone, adult or child, wants to receive Jesus as Savior, it's got to start with repentance. It's the understanding and admission that we have sinned before a holy God. And there's nothing we can do about it. We need a Savior. But don't forget something. That's not just the start. Jesus had already called Simon Peter one time. He'd said to him one time, follow me. But he came back and said again after Simon Peter had blown it, follow me. You see, as we live our Christian lives, we still may hurt Jesus. We still may fail him. We still may sin against him. But Jesus comes to us and gives us the opportunity to reaffirm our allegiance and to serve him and to follow him. Because He wants to restore us, and He wants to use us, and He wants to bless us, and He wants to help us glorify God Himself. So maybe today, you need to let Jesus confront you. He confronted Simon Peter. Wasn't easy for Peter to be confronted in front of his friends and co-workers. But Jesus confronted him, and He will come to us and point out our sin and our failure and what needs to change in our lives. And then he'll cleanse, make you pure and holy. What is it, Serve Pro? Got a commercial on now. 
you know, as if it never happened. <laughs> you know. God comes to us, cleanses us, and it's as if it never happened. Isn't he a wonderful God? Then he restores. He restores. Puts us back to where we were, and we can continue to move forward. Do you need to be confronted? Do you need to be cleansed? Do you need to be restored? Maybe today you need to start the journey. Maybe you've realized that you are a sinner, that you need a Savior, that you've sinned against the Holy God, and you can't make it up. You need a Savior, and you'll receive Jesus as your Savior. Maybe today you need to come and say, I'm Jesus' follower, but He's been showing me something in my life that's got to change. It's not pleasing to Him. He's confronting me, and I'm going to listen. Maybe you would pledge yourself anew to loving Him, pledge yourself anew to serving Him. Maybe because He's leading you to follow Him in membership here in this church, you'd put your membership here. Jesus comes to us. He confronts us. He cleanses us. He restores us. Let Jesus restore you today. An invitation hymn is 434.